Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast, where we share all the exciting stories about animal cruelty investigations, dangerous animals, and amazing rescues. Find out what goes on inside of animal shelters and all the current trends in the animal welfare industry. Now, here is your host, Daniel Edinger. Yo, 2021, what is going on? Ding, 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 ding. I feel like I need a bell or something like ring in the new year. Ring it in. All this newness. We got that new opening. We got this new logo, new voices. The the humane roundup is new. But it's still the same. (laughs) Episode 61, right? It is. I actually even wrote it down so we can keep track of it now. (laughs) That's great. And it's nice to have the new year start with number one. It is. You know, starting out right, starting with the new year, starting with all these new things. And and that's going to be our topic today. We're going to jump in here in a second and talk about some of the new processes, policies, maybe things that you've done new in your department. So we're excited to, to kind of go through that. Want to remind, remind everybody that uh, they can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're there. We're interactive. So, I, Bishop, I feel like you're a little more interactive on the social media than I am, but uh, we're both there. And if you have stuff that you want to send to us, we'd be happy to, to, to look at it, read it on the air. You can talk about yeah. the anonymous emails you can send us, all that good stuff. I'm really excited to try to get in some of those anonymous emails. Um, Somebody did send us um, an article. I know you, I'm sure you saw that for the German shepherd from Poland that mauled a 14 year old. Um, And they wanted us to kind of review that case. And I want to get some more information because there's not a ton out in the media. So I was thinking about actually reaching out to the organization that did it handled the case and seeing if we can get a copy of the report or something because there's not enough in the media for me to make a decision one way or another on that one. Good point. Well, we'll see what we can track down here and and maybe get back to you on that case. And that's some of the stuff that we want to do more of here in the new year with the new with the new style of the podcast. We have some really exciting things coming up. I haven't shared this with you yet. Oh, surprise, surprise. We got some surprises. We're going to have a defense attorney on in the coming weeks. Yeah, nice. That's be some good stuff. Uh, their their main focus is to defend people that have been cited for crimes against animals or ownership of a dangerous animal. So their job is to go in and and prove their case and and show that uh, the you know the enforcing agency might've been wrong and their clients innocent. So it'll be really good to get that perspective coming up here in the next few weeks. For sure. I feel like that that's going to be a hot one. That's for sure. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting topic. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think we'll both come up with some really good questions to ask and, and really I'm looking for, from my perspective, I want to have information on what could make the case for the defense, right? So what could I yep. do differently as the officer to make sure that I don't make their case and then, yeah. and they win. Right. So and what if I your all, case? Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what holes are they looking for from us to try to make their case? So that's, that's coming up here in the next few weeks. I uh, hope to have that one here in January 
And another one uh, that we'd like to have here in January is another surprise for you. There's been a lot of conversation about the KC Pet Project, and we're in the I'm talks right now of having someone uh, come on. So the KC Pet Project, I'm, I don't know enough. And so I, I was like, let's reach out. I'd like okay. to get somebody on to talk about it in depth. And so they came into the municipal shelter in Kansas City, Missouri. I believe it's a nonprofit. And they're just taking a completely different approach to animal protection work. And uh, it's really, from what I understand, resource-based driven. I can't even tell if they wear uniforms anymore. I'm, I'm trying to get as much information as I can, but I'm in talks with them about getting one of their field team on and they can talk to us in depth. But if you look at some of the posts on social media, uh, you'll see that there's, there seems to be differing views on this new movement there in Kansas City. And it's been years in the making, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be an interesting conversation and topic to have on the show here in the uh, next coming weeks. Well, and then we've got the uh, buddy of yours that uh, was willing to come on and talk about some of his cases. He was the uh, expert witness in the Michael Vick case. Yeah, and that's Mark Kumpf. He's uh, yeah. the he works out of Detroit now, and uh, he is a buddy of mine. I'm excited to have him on and just talk some shop and, and have him share some of his, you know, his history and experience because he has a lot. Yeah, that'll be I think we're going to have a lot of good stuff coming up here. Yeah. And speaking of good stuff, we have a giveaway this month. It's January. And our, our friends with Coranda uh, is here to donate another Coranda bed or cat tree thing, whatever that is. I don't know. Coranda <laughs> yes, something. <laughs> but stay you tuned know- to this episode to see how to, how to enter to win. Uh, we're excited to have them as a sponsor and we're really excited to get, you know, get those into people's hands or homes. Coranda uh, is a great product. So. Absolutely. I actually got one of their beds. Um, I was at the, I did the virtual um, animal ex- expo that was supposed to be in San Antonio, Texas this last year, but they did a virtual. Yeah, I know. I know all too much about that virtual. <laughs> right. <expo>. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was at one of your trainings on that too. Um, but I actually won a bed from there for my dog, which that's awesome. Well, my cats have been using it more than the <laughs> dog. <laughs> um, but it's it's an awesome system and they were Molly was awesome to work with. I know she's been on the show. Um, but as nice as she was on the show, she was absolutely that nice in person. Um, so um, yeah, and we hope to get her back on here in the new year as well to talk to her about what Coranda has going on and to thank her for helping us out and being a sponsor of the show. We really appreciate her support and their support. And she's made a lot of good connections for us. Um, oh, I'm going to forget her name. The second to last episode of Hildy's, um, we had that gal on um, I want to say Emily, but I don't think that was it. She's the one that did the play groups, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Molly from Coranda had hooked us up with her, too. So Molly's been an awesome resource between supporting the show and our listeners, getting them stuff. Um, and 
you know, getting us connected to other people. So shout out yeah, to Molly. You're, you're right. It, it was Emily and her, I guess the group is called Dogs Playing for Life. So yeah, okay. shout out to them and doing doing the great, great work that they do. For sure. So let's let's jump into it. Let's talk about new, efficient oh. things, things that have come up since COVID. Uh, it's a new year. And again, it's important that we really highlight some of the things that we're doing that is new. And is it going to continue? Even, you know, now we got vaccinations and, and you know, herd immunity is starting. People are starting to get it. So what things that we've, we might have implemented during COVID is going to stay, right? That's a really, I think, interesting perspective now that we were kind of forced, it forced our hand to make changes. And so what would you like to see stay that you've implemented? And what would you like to see kind of go away? You know... For a lot of our stuff, we've actually gone back to pretty much business is as usual um, in our department um, because, it, which is crazy to think about because we're in a really bad hot spot right now. Um, but one of the things I'm definitely going to be doing more is trying to handle the stuff by phone call. Even even if I get like a barking dog complaint. I'm not going to go out on the first one. I'm going to call the owner if I can get their information from licensing and stuff and give them a heads up like, hey, your neighbors are complaining. Do something about it or we're going to have problems in the future. Um, and just trying to limit some of that contact. Um, but honestly, my department's got me wanting to do so we do like pet fancier checks where I have to go into the home to check the property to make sure that they only have their allotment of animals and that they're being taken care of. And they want me actually just going into these people's homes and, and actually doing these checks, which I, I had put off because I'm like, eh, COVID's too new. I, we don't know enough about it. I'm not going into these people's houses unless I have to. Sure. Um, but that's something that they want me getting back into and starting to do. And we're hammering down on licensing again and stuff. So it's kind of business as usual for me. Can we let's I think it's important that we set the scene for our listeners to understand the size of the departments that we're talking about sure. and, and calls and things like that. So I'll start with mine. And, you know, we're a city approximately 700,000 people on any shift we have between uh, anywhere from two to six officers, just <laughs> depending on what's going on. Uh, you know, we've been short staffed and hiring, rehiring and stuff like that. So we're just, you know, we've kind of been challenged with making sure we at least have enough coverage for especially emergency calls. And so that's just setting the scene for me. So when people hear what I have to say here coming up, uh, I want them to be able to, you know, be able to put it together with their department because sure. you're, you might be a one person department yep. and some of these things that we talk about may or may not be doable. And I think, I, I think over the last few years, we've really become more efficient as a department in general, but I also think now that we had to make some changes, there's certain things I would like to keep in place. And so going back to you, I'm just curious, what, what is the size of your department or city? And then uh, your department office? I think you're the only officer. Yeah. 
Yep, I'm the only, I'm the only one for uh, actually four jurisdictions. It's a metro area, um, but in total, we're talking sixty thousand residents. Okay. So okay. it's the the biggest problem there is I've got one jurisdiction that is all very rural. It's very farmland. Honestly, I have few the least amount of issues out there. Um, and my largest of singular jurisdiction of the four is about 40,000 people. Okay. And that's my primary one where I spend the majority of my time. Are so, your inefficiencies then travel? Is that one of your biggest inefficiencies? Yes. So, and actually one of the things that we were able to do this year, um, and it, it had been in the works, so it wasn't like a 2020 thing. Um, but like we were tra- we were allowing people to trap feral cats and then remove them and we would take them out to the shelter Um, and i say we because officers would pick them up if i'm unavailable by not working otherwise they pen them for me pd officers yeah correct correct um and what i would end up doing is i'd run to one jurisdiction and i'd pick up this cat in a live trap and then have to come back to my original jurisdiction to take it to the um humane society drop the cat off transfer it into a transfer cage and then take the trap back to my reporting party um so when my boss actually proposed getting a new vehicle and she suggested a van at first i looked at her and i'm like "Uh, no 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 you're crazy i'm not driving a van but the more i thought about it the more i'm like actually it would be pretty good because i can't fit anything larger than a large golden retriever in my current truck because i've got you know similar to the matchbox trucks i've got that set up and then i'm trying to lift those dogs that are over 100 pounds yada 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 like it's hard so we got the van so now i can have the transfer cage i can go into the van close the door transfer the cat leave the trap so i'm going to be cutting down time a lot there if I can get the tr- the van up and running, that's been a whole nother issue. The battery's already died <laughs> and they didn't put the heat in right. And it's only got like 600 miles on it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lemon they're law. On- <laughs> yeah, they're working on that one. Well, it's leased too. I don't know what, what our guy's thinking, but he leased it. I'm like, dude, with all the modifications I want, just yes. buy it. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, you talked about barking yeah. and you talked about trying to resolve it by phone. And so this is one thing that we've actually done for quite a while. And I think if if we can share this with the listeners, maybe it's something they can implement, not only as a COVID protocol, but to cut down on some of the inefficiencies. Because let's be honest, like barking, oh, is such a low, it's a low priority call. It is. And I think you and I, I can speak for myself in this scenario. And knowing some of our listeners, I can speak for them as well. But there are some that are limited. And I know that with some of our listeners, and this actually covered it in the last episode about some of the animal cruelty laws. So some officers are just, you know, rabies, rabies control and like nuisance, right? So they don't do those cruelty, uh, large scale investigations or time consuming investigations. We do, we do all of it, right? We do the stray roundup. We do the large-scale investigation we do the bite report so what we did is we we try to trim some of the fat where can we save time and if you've ever heard about lean methodology it's something that kind of was the buzz 
from like 2000. I mean, it's still a thing and most city governments have either had, have had it done like at their agency or will be in the process of doing it. But the whole, uh, the whole process behind it, I think it's six Sigma, uh, lean methodology, that type of stuff. It, uh, it looks at ways to be more efficient and how to reduce you know, reduce the cost to the department based on time. And so let's take a barking dog, for example. When I started in this industry, you got a barking dog complaint. The first thing we would do, when I say first thing regarding that sequence, is we would go to the house, we'd knock on the door, and we would try to make contact with somebody. And we would warn them, hey, you know, we got a call. Somebody's complaining that between the hours of 10 p.m. and 11.35, it sounds like your husky is dying in the backyard because it's howling and nonstop. Because it's and a husky. Then, yeah, clearly. <laughs> and so that way we get that. What we did, and oh, okay, and then second sequence. So now we get a second complaint. So now with the second complaint, you would need a separate witness from a separate household to then confirm the complaint. So they'd have to witness the same incident, and then they could sign a statement, you know, verifying that they, they witnessed oh, this complaint. Wait. You're getting people that are actually willing to leave their names because the number of refused callers I get on those is ridiculous. We we do what well, we did and then and then we decided to change it. Because should let's be realistic, should a barking dog complaint be a criminal violation? No. You don't want to listen to it, move out of the fucking city. <laughs> well, and so Unless the city super, decided, super bad. yeah, and you're right. But the city decided, let's do something different about it. So what we did is we decided to mail a letter. So if you call in, yeah, but dog barking between the hours of four in the morning and six in the morning. And I think it's a husky because it yelps and wows. So what we do is we take that information. We put it on a letter. Can you and, use that voice more often? Yeah, I'll, I'll be using that throughout the year. Um, but we take it and we, we mail a letter and we say, hey, we received this complaint described as the following. And we advise them to, you know, try to rectify it. And if they fail to do so, it could lead to a, a citation. So upon second complaint for the same address within a six month period, it has to be within six months, we will send an officer on the second complaint. That officer's job there is really recon. They get information. They, they get the information of the dog owner, the dog, and then they give information on mediation. So this mediation company is contracted in through the city and they, they basically will handle the conflict and try to come to a resolution. There are times where mediation doesn't work, work and a citation is necessary, but for the most part, after that second barking dog complaint, the mediator takes over, they meet you know, before hmm. COVID, they would meet at neutral ground and they would discuss it and figure out a resolution on how to keep the dog from annoyingly bark. Dogs are going to bark, right. right? We know that. But the constant, you know, exhausting barking is what people want to have resolved. So that's kind of how we do it. And, you know, obviously through COVID, that hasn't changed at all. But it's, you know, something that could help others like our listeners, you know, maybe implement something in like a, yeah. like a letter. Uh, that it, and it prints right from Chameleon. You can program that if people use the Chameleon software. You can program that program that letter right in, and then send it out. Nice. I like that. I just to go off on a small tangent about a call that I had 
just on Friday on how stupid people can be about barking dogs. The call was um, the dog. Every time the owners put the dog outside to go to the bathroom, it barks and then they bring it in. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like my dogs. It's fine. We've had two different complaints. Both of them refused. And I looked at the captain as he was walking by. I said, I am not going to this. This is bullshit. <laughs> if they're not going to leave their name, I'm not doing anything about this because they're clearly bringing the dog in because both calls said the dog goes outside to do its business and starts barking and then it gets brought in. Like, Yeah, barking dogs are the, <laughs> uh, so, the, the bane of my existence. <laughs> yeah, they really are. So let's talk about some of the things that we did change for, for COVID yeah. here. Uh, we, so we kind of changed and we've always prioritize dog at large a little differently than some agencies. It, it was a lower priority unless that dog was in immediate danger on a major thoroughfare, something like that. But overall, if it's just in a neighborhood at large, not acting aggressive, not sick or injured, it was a low priority call. And so that's changed to where we don't even get those calls aired anymore. It'll sit on our screen. So if we're, let's say I'm going to like a, an actual priority call, I can check two off my list, right? I can be like, okay, I drove through that area. I didn't see the dog. Because most of the times we don't see the dog. It's just the yep. nature of our business, right? So that's changed where we really were not, you know, responding to that. We, we contact reporting parties who find strays and walk them through the steps. Hey, if you want to post, we have quite a few uh, groups on social media that are like lost and found places. So, hey, if you want to post the dog on there and try to locate the owner, that's great. Uh, if you if the dog's friendly and you are comfortable bringing it to the animal shelter, that's even better. If you want to take it to your vet and have it scanned for a microchip and try to locate the owner that way, that's great as well. So we don't want anybody dealing with an animal that could potentially hurt them. But let's be honest, like if you catch a stray dog, the right. chances are it's probably pretty chill, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. And so in that scenario, we, we asked people to bring it in. We used to give a two hour window anyway for holding strays, just again, because the animal's contained, it's not a threat, it's not aggressive. And, and it's, you know, it's something that people can handle on their own typically. So we look, we look to the public to kind of make those, make those steps to help us. And so what I tell people on the phone is like, Hey, you know, and, just because I want to be clear with them. Hey, you know, I'm really busy fighting crimes against animals or I have an aggressive dog in the community that I have to address, you know, for public safety. Is there any way you could help us out by bringing the dog to the shelter if it's friendly, something like that. And so that's kind of the, the, the phrases that I use versus like, hey, I'm not coming to get your animal. I try to put it in a way that they're going to understand. Hey, <clears throat> like, Hey, uh, you know, we're, we're in the community We're we're fighting crimes against animals. There's a cruelty investigation or an, a neglect investigation that we're doing. And it takes up a lot of our time. Is there a chance that you can come in the, in, in the interim and pick up that animal and bring it to the shelter? And, and you'd, to be honest, a, a lot of people do that. To, there are some folks that, that get aggressive over the phone. This is stupid. You're, you guys are stupid. Like, cause they only know your wages. Dog catcher. Yeah. They, they only know you as that, right? Or they, like yep. you said, they think they pay your, they pay your wages. And so uh, that's, that's a, 
kind of another thing that we changed. Oh, this is a really important one and a good one. I'd like your feedback on this one as well, is with bite investigations. So we do the initial bite. We confirm the bite in person. We will you know, take the report. We'll do any sort of evidence collection on scene. We'll, if the dog's going to stay at home for the quarantine, we will quarantine at home and then we'll get a good phone number for the, the party. And then on the 10th day, we just call and just say, hey, basically, is your animal still alive? Right. Oh, you have, have to you- do anything with that? We we no longer have to go out in person to verify that the animal's still alive. Oh, why are you doing that at all? <laughs> um, so in, in the state of Wisconsin, um, a quarantine happens. The medical professionals get the report and send it to the health department, and then I get it, or they call law enforcement right away. We do a report, we issue the quarantine order, and then they have to take their animal to the vet three times in the next 10 days. And the third visit has to be on or after day 10. If they don't comply with that, they're facing over $1,000 in citations and up to 60 days in jail. And then how do you you verify that? The vet clinic has to sign off the paperwork and send it back to the health department. It's not even my issue. It's the health department. How many non-compliances do you think you have? Oh shit. Yeah, I would imagine. It, well, so, yes and no, I guess, really, because if they don't comply, then I go back and I verify that the animal's alive. Unfortunately, because it's under a county uh, c- contract for the quarantine part, okay. um, the corp council is the one responsible for charging it out, and they never do. Okay. Um I just find that so difficult to enforce. And I know why you do it there. It's, you know, you have more of a problem with rabies than than we do here. And I think our health, our state health department, you know, creates some of the policies that we have. And so, you know, for years we would go out on the, (laughs) I forgot about this. It's just, this just came back to my brain. We would do five day checks. So we would go, we would go out, quarantine the animal, go back in five days, and then on the 10th day. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We would do five days. Like, Mm -hmm. if I don't have to be involved after the initial report, I'm done. I wash my hands of it. It's the health department's issue. Now, like I said, I've had to, they've contacted me, and they did a home quarantine on the dog. And the owner still never went and got the dog to the vet. And I had one case where they're like, okay, I said, fine, I'll do the final vet or the final bite check. And I get to the house and I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm going to do my dangerous dog stuff because we kind of review every case. Sure. And I said, just let the dog come and sniff me. And she's like, well, he doesn't like to be touched. I said, that's fine. I won't touch him. I put my hands on my belt. That was it. The dog fucking attacked me. Oh, wow. And the first dog to ever send me to the hospital in 2017 was a dachshund. Wow. (laughs) And that was a total Jerry Springer show to remove that dog. It took four additional police officers. The one woman got arrested because she started kicking the officer because we were playing tug of war with the dog in a baby stroller. It was a oh, mess. So let, let's just take a quick break from our normally scheduled scheduled podcast. I want to hear about this bite. I want sure. you to tell us. 
just just walk me through it. I'm sure the listeners want to hear about this as well. Yeah. So I came into the house and uh, they knew I was going to be coming to do a final bite check. And the adult daughter who's in her 30s, um, and this is relevant, very large girl, um, I, I want to say around 400 pounds. Um, she's sitting on a chair and she has the dog in her lap. Now, being a dachshund um, and the dog being in her lap, he was actually very calm at that point. He initially started barking a few times, but then okay. he calmed down. And when the owner said, well, he doesn't like to be touched, I said, that's fine. I said, just let him go. He can come up and sniff me and I won't touch him. So I put my hands on my belt. And he, she kind of had to even kind of push him off of her lap to get him to jump down. And he gets off and the first couple steps are slow. And then about halfway to me, he just booked it and he ran at me. Um, He first nailed me in the knee um, on my right leg. And then before I could grab a hold of him and pin him, he nailed me in the left thigh. And that was it. Like, I, I pinned him to the ground. Um, I was able to get him between the shoulder blades and kind of with the scruff and stuff. So I wasn't continuing to get bit, but I could feel the blood trickling down my leg. Holy and um, I said, that's it. This was a final bite check. He's got to go under another one. He's not staying here. He's going to the shelter. He's going I don't mean to laugh, but that shit's funny. You're like, yeah, he's dead, but nah, he's got to go back on quarantine. Yeah, he's he's going back on quarantine. Well, the daughter had probably the mental capacity of like a 12-year-old, and she lost her shit. To this the is the 400-pound yes. daughter. Yes. So mom put the dog in this like baby stroller looking thing that the dog for dogs and mom goes to walk out the back door. I've already called for an officer because I'm like, I don't know who needs to do this bite report at this point because Mm -hmm. I'm injured. And mom goes to walk out the back door. So the officer goes and stops her and the daughter like falls over onto this stroller and won't move, won't let us take it. So mom's going to go. I'm just picturing this whole thing in my head. (laughs) It it was Jerry Springer. Oh my God. So as mom's, as the daughter's doing this, mom's trying to leave. So the officer has to grab mom and swing mom around. And I'm on the radio. I'm like, I need more officers. So Mm. I actually, Oh yeah, no. So three more showed up. And we're like, all right, so we're all standing in the kitchen. The daughter is crying hysterically over this dog. Mom's in the living room. And they're like, all right, we're going to pull her off. You take the stroller and go. (laughs) So they pull the daughter off. She swings around, lands on the floor, starts picking up shoes and stuff from the kitchen, throwing it at the officers. They get her in handcuffs. I'm going out the front door while the wheel got stuck. So I go to the front of the stroller (laughs) to pick it up and mom grabs the back of the stroller. Now we're playing tug of war with this dog in the stroller. And there's an officer like, hey, let go. And she turns around and starts kicking him. So she got arrested (laughs) All all over a nasty little dog. And then that was 2006. 
that was October 2017. He got declared dangerous on that. And then in June, he bit somebody else because they didn't comply. They didn't keep his muzzle on him. And I have proof of it because it was on video. <laughs> and I, as soon as the call came in and heard her name, I'm like, Yep, nope, we're done. I need officers. I need one officer to go down and take the witness statements. I said, I need about four more officers to go to the house. I'm removing the dog right now. We're quarantining, and then the dog is getting euthanized. Wow. And that's well, what see, we did. And, and here is here's one of the reasons why we should just be doing the release from the phone. And so during quarantine, uh, we, we actually started doing like video chats, whether it was <clears throat> whether it was FaceTime or you know, Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams, those type of things. And so basically you would call and just be like, can you turn the camera around and show us the animal alive and healthy? And that was it. And I think that's something that, <clears throat> I think it's something that uh, as we move forward, there's ways to find more efficiencies in in the field. And, and I think that's what kind of COVID has taught us in some aspects. We can do things virtually uh, with, which kind of segue into trainings. Uh, which we've all done a, a, our share of virtual trainings over the year. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are ready to get back into in-person trainings. I know for one, I am uh, very excited to either get back into uh, being a student or get back mm-hmm. into teaching because it's, you know, it's something that I, I have a good passion for on both sides of it. And so with training, there's a few training announcements I have. And if you have some you'd like to add, and if any of our listeners have trainings that they'd like read on the show, again, please message us either through our, yes. our website, the humane roundup.com. Send us a message through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, and we'll read those training announcements online here on the show. Uh, we, you know, we want to be a voice for you. So the law enforcement training Institute has a few trainings here in January coming up and they are based off of um, the University of Missouri's extension program. So if you haven't heard of the National Animal Cruelty Investigative School, Investigation School, that's what the, the LETI offers. Uh, and it's specifically focused on our profession. And so they have a training academy in, for law enforcement officers. It's a, this is an actual training academy for the, I, I believe this is for post for Missouri. So it's probably not really important here on the podcast, but that's starting in January. Uh, Then there's a rabies, there's a rabies session that they're doing on January 13th from 2 PM to 3 PM. And I believe those are central times. Uh, That is a zoom training by Dr. J. Uh, And then they have a level two animal cruelty investigator school class uh, on January 25th. And that's in person in Naples, Florida, and that runs all the way through January 29th of 2021 in Naples. So that'll be in person unless things change, and then they'll have to do an online class for that. Awesome. Um, I don't have, you know, I'm seeing, I know even in my emails and stuff, we're not getting a ton of them. I think everybody's still trying to wait and see what, um, 2021 is going to bring as far as COVID and what they can do. Um, I know that NACA does have quite a few out there for webinars and virtual trainings. Um, and always check out HSUS. I don't think that they've got anything specific 
right now going on. Um, but I know this last year, everything that they were going to do in person, they turned into virtual and still were able to um, get the trainings out there. And I believe they were actually, the nice thing was, was they were Zoom. So you could actually participate kind of similar to the ones I know you did. So. Yeah. And they changed. So they had animalsheltering.org and they changed their website to humanepro.org. So they're also oh. trying to keep it humane, man. <laughs> also check out their animal sheltering magazine because yours truly made it into the winter edition. I'm super, super grateful for that. It's such an honor to be part of a national magazine and to have our voices uh, heard on a national schedule is really national schedule. <laughs> national crowd <laughs> is the national crowd is is really important and, and just awesome. humbling to to see that. So check out humanepro.org. They do have a whole animal cruelty investigation session that they're pushing hard. And I'd really like to know more about it. Personally, I want to take it as a as a student, but also as our fellow instructors know, you also like to see how other people instruct because you can learn learn from them as well and so i'm excited to see if we can get some of their training the aspca pro is something that any animal protection officer can sign up for and, and do webinars for free they have past webinars and they have current and future web webinars as well that you can get involved with so and know, the just, justice clearinghouse you check general. out the yep. just that is yep. a phenomenal one that if you can attend on the day of the uh webinar it's free to attend. You won't get a certificate, but if you pay the yearly subscription of, I think it's $119 for a single person, or there's other, you know, group ones, um, you can have access to it anytime and you can get the certificates. It is so worth it. I got screen record, so I don't need access to it anytime. I just take that <laughs> thing home with me. You know, in all seriousness, all seriousness, that's great. And I know if you were a NACA member, I believe it came with some access to Justice Clearinghouse as well. So that's one of the benefits there of uh, being a NACA member. So there are a lot of online trainings. We're, we, with, you know, I speak for LETI, uh, we are in the process of coming up with some classes for 2021. So I'm hopeful to be involved with that and hopefully can see some people again in person. I'm dying to get to a, <clears throat> I'm dying to get to a in-person training and just network with with our community and, and right now this is basically what we have is the podcast and we're grateful to to be back in the new year this is episode 61 and you, you hear it here this is the bishop and ettinger show uh, and we want to remind everybody to enter our contest that we talked about early in the show for a caranda bed for a dog bed you didn't and tell them how to do it we're doing that now Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry. Yep. Nah, you're fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's the first first episode of us together. That's called a tease, young lady. It's radio speak. But the Coranda bed, oh, all you have to do. Tease? I thought Mel left the show. <laughs> no, no. I, I'll take over for Mel. It's all good. <laughs> so all you have to do is post a photo. It's so easy. So, so easy. Post a photo of your dog. Or cat. Oh, I don't care. Cats, Your pet. I mean, it could be anything. On our Facebook page or on Instagram and tag the Humane Roundup. But it has to be with 
some of their Christmas gifts. So they have to have their new toy, their new bed, maybe a, a new snazzy shirt, something that shows that they are Can we open that up to holiday? Doesn't it? Holiday. Christmas? Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Holiday's good. Yeah. We, I, I, we yeah. try to be inclusive. It's really, really hard. Like no, even I wanted to I wanted to say Christmas too, but I, I we got some other listeners out there. So that's a good point. But, that's a good point. So yes, any any holiday photo of your pet is welcome. And we look forward to seeing that. And the winner will be announced at the end of the, the month, whatever episode that's going to be 63. And you'll hear more about it as we continue to record. So that's it, dude. Episode 61 is in the books. Woo! One down and a shit ton to go. <laughs> yeah. Again, I just, I just want to remind everybody to, you know, check us out on social media, send us any information, any feedback. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to, you know, to reading your stories here online. And uh, we have some good shows coming up. We're going to have a defense attorney join us in the next coming episodes. And we're going to have someone here with the EKC pet project. So keep an ear out and we look forward to hearing from you and look forward to, speaking to you here in the future who knows maybe if you guys talk to us out there and stuff we can get you on the show if you've got a good story that you want to talk about too it's always a possibility always always a possibility and as always here on the humane roundup you know we keep it humane Humane. we'll see you guys next week (laughs) later Thank you for listening to the Humane Roundup Podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to get in touch with us? Visit HumaneRoundup.com. Email us at HumaneRoundup at gmail.com. Text us or leave us a voicemail at 916-241-3464. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humane Roundup.